0: hello there. This is Rish outfield and you're listening to the Rish out cast. And if you feel like Chalupas, we're all out. Fresh out. Uh, we made a batch. we thought it would be enough. Uh, they ran out about halfway through. We're sorry. This is uh, me just barely leaving the cab the family cabin for the last time this year. And I feel like this was the most productive trip that I had this year. I managed to edit a full story for the Dune Steve. I did another episode of the Rich Outcast which we'll probably drop before this one. I mean, it would make sense, right? I'm recording this and I've edited the other one. I edited an audiobook of Well, a a short story that I wrote, and then a few chapters of the full audiobook of a, you know, a book that I should have published a while ago, but it's all right, slow but steady. And uh, I did a Patreon address for the people who support me on Patreon. And I wrote. Not a long time, but I wrote a couple of pages while I was waiting for files to save or open and uh, i'm very happy with how this trip worked out i mentioned patreon i have a few supporters who toss me a couple of bucks whether they toss me a couple of bucks each month or you toss me a buck or two each episode it really helps me want to do it and i considered Recording this as just a Patreon-only episode, an incentive episode. But I figured this one would be pretty light on content, and so I'd hate for them to say, what? That's it? Although maybe these are the ones that only the people who really like me would appreciate that I should have as incentive episodes. Back in uh, October of 2018 I sincerely considered having my Halloween episode be Patreon-only. And that was mostly because I didn't have an episode selected for that greatest of all holidays. But I did have a scary story edited for a Patreon-only episode. Yeah, if you want to support me, if you enjoy what I do, Patreon is a good way to go and also uh, just letting me know. You can always friend me on Facebook. I'm not on Facebook much anymore because I feel like it's a big time waste. I know people who have just absolutely turned their backs on Facebook because of politics or because they don't agree with the, the way the company is run. You know, that's noble too. It's just for me, I like Facebook and I like feeling connected to these people that are friendly to me, but I just I ought to be doing something else. Having said that, though, I I always appreciate it when somebody sends me a a note uh, or somebody comments on an episode. It's appreciated. You could also review my show. I'm fairly sure it's on iTunes. I uh, complained to Big Enklovich years ago before he moved away that the Rish Outcast wasn't on iTunes, and he got out his phone, and he's like, there, look, there it is, one star. And uh, I thought that was kind of impressive. I hadn't put it on, or whatever you call it, submitted it for iTunes when Big and I were heavy into the doonstief. We would try and make sure that it was available on several venues, uh, and one of them was called Patio Books. And Patio Books had rings of fire that you had to jump through to get your content on Patio Books. And I wasted, we wasted, Big and I wasted hours getting all that ready for Patio Books. Then something happened. And Big said, F them. And so, yeah, all that work I still have on my computer. Like we recorded special things for Patio Books, special intros, things like that. But iTunes apparently isn't like that. Just if you have a podcast, eventually it gets vacuumed up by iTunes and it's available there. And so that's great. You can always give me a good review there if you'd like. You can give one of my audiobooks a try. Oh, Oh, you know, stuff that I have run on this show, stories, novellas and stuff. You can go on to Amazon or Audible or, or something like that and give a review of that. Hopefully a positive review and that helps me. I was talking to Renee Chambliss the other night and um, she is like me in many ways. She's, she's got a prettier voice but she's like me in that she does a really good job with what she does but the negative reviews that are inevitable just eat her up inside. She was talking about some of the things that people had said to her and maybe we should get her on and do an episode where we talk about that because her stories are really interesting. She is a professional audiobook narrator at this point and uh, makes enough money that that's her job and she told me recently that she's done a hundred audiobooks that you can buy and by the time this comes out, over 100, because she had celebrated her 100th audiobook being published by paying two waiters in Los Angeles to fight each other with broken bottles for her amusement. And I thought that was a little, a little dark. Maybe Renee and I aren't as similar as, as I'd guessed. But anyhow, positive reviews are appreciated. Negative reviews, not so much. Not so much. So, I'm just going up the hill now uh, to the... What's the opposite of the mouth? The mouth of the canyon is where you enter the canyon. I'm going to the rear of the canyon. The anus of the canyon I'm going to have to descend through until I come out the mouth. And um, it just started to rain... My hands are pretty cold, but that's OK. One of the things that I like about the cabin is that it is so isolated that there's nobody around. I did see a truck today, but the rest of the time I saw no people. No, I heard no children. I heard none of the loud three-wheeler things that are always driving around up there. It's just too late in the season. People are in school or they're at work or they've joined a religious cult somewhere and they're not allowed to leave the compound. So it was just me. You know, the drawbacks are there's no telephone, there's no television, there's no internet. Internet is useful. It's a giant crutch that has made my life easier and obviously made what I do for a living actually easier. I missed the internet and there were a couple of times I wanted to send an email. I couldn't. There was a sound effect I wanted to grab and put in the episode I was editing and I didn't have that. So I'll have to either stick it in when I get home or just publish it as is because it's fine the way that it is. Cell phones have really changed the way that people act and think. You know, cell phones didn't exist when I was a teenager. And I wonder how different things might have been, were I growing up now. Where every kid has a phone and a phone is like, like an endless source of entertainment. And also, you know, you can always chat with your friends. You can text your friend at four in the morning or whatever. When I was a teenager, if, if I called somebody's house after like 9 p.m. or 10 p.m., there was a good chance that an irate parent would pick up the phone and be like, hey, it's 10.05. I don't care how pretty my daughter is. And yeah, that's not the situation. That's not the status quo anymore. I could just call the pretty daughter and then stammer and 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 stumble. And she's like, who is this? Uh, 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 uh. She says, I just looked up your number. Outfield, that, is that you? You suck. But th- there were two uses of my phone up there at the cabin because there's no internet and there's no phone. And the two uses were, I could use it as an alarm to wake me up in the morning, which is what it does at my house. And two, I could use it to take pictures. And there were a couple of pictures that I took. They don't come out really well because my camera on my phone is cra-ra-ra-ra. Still, I was able to take pictures with them. So I had, this is a very, very roundabout way of getting to the point. And the point is, I had the phone beside the bed so that it would wake me up in the morning if I didn't wake up on my own. And it was not a problem this trip. Holy smoke, you folks probably know that I am lazy. Lazier than anyone you know, you could say. "Wow, there's that Rish Outfield guy. He's lazier than you, son. Don't be like him. But I I was here two nights and the first morning I woke up and it was still dark but there was gray in the sky and instead of going back to sleep I got up and went to the window and I started editing and I kept looking out the window and I watched the sun come up. And that I thought was really neat. It was so still and the quality of the light was so unusual. I went out back and, uh, let's not say that I peed, let's say that I took a deep breath of the mountain air and it was just silent, there was nothing, no one around, just so quiet. I thought that was really neat. And then this morning I woke up, look it's an uncomfortable bed, it's not terrible, but it's not what I'm used to, I guess. And maybe that's good, because my body requires far less sleep on this bed, but I woke up and it was pitch black. And I thought, oh geez, I guess I should go back to, well, I'm curious what time it is. and So I got up and I I sort of stumbled around in the dark, and it was not only pre-dawn, It was pre pre dawn it was always darkest before the dawn it was the darkest part of the night about 450 451 or something like that is what it said it was and i looked around and there was nothing to see outside Uh, nothing to see anywhere but i i sat down and i edited some more anyhow this has been (laughs) a long ride for a very short trip but I had that phone beside my bed and that the the thought came to my head of what if it rang? I know there's no cell phone service up here, but what if it started ringing in the middle of the night? And and you think about that too. Who is calling? What is going on? It's a question and it's sort of a rhetorical question because I don't have an answer. But it's just like, would you answer it? Would you pick it up? What would the caller ID say? What if it was your own number calling? We'll get back to that in just a moment. One time when I was coming down to the cabin, I recorded this little bit about the cell phone, and I've never used it. I just intended to put it in an episode that ran short. And that's what this episode is going to be for. These are bookends for that. So I'm going to go ahead and run that. And then when we come back, let's talk about who it is calling or what, what it is calling. Okay? My phone just rang and um, it said unknown number. Unknown? No, it didn't say number. It just said unknown. And you know, in this era of caller ID and scammers trying to get around caller ID I I found some interesting things you know yeah number blocked I've seen come up before and then really recently and delightfully the very first time I saw it scam likely I mean that's what came up in the caller ID or in the whatever you call it you know in cell phone terms scam likely I don't know what to tell you on I found out that the reason uh, it says that is because it is a call coming from outside the country but is being masked in some way so that it would appear to be coming from inside the country. And the phone flags that as a likely scam because why would you want to hide where you are calling from? And, you know, that's a good question. Anyhow, the phone rang just now. It said unknown and I didn't answer it, and they never leave a message. Never. I've never had a scammer leave a message on my voicemail. They must be told not to. And it occurred to me of, you know, what if it got even stranger? You know, instead of saying, unknown, the phone rang, and I picked it up, the phone, and it said, do not answer. I was like, wait, what? Do not answer? Would you pick up the phone if it did that would you uh, let it go to voicemail would you even think twice maybe I'm crazy for thinking that that would be a bizarre thing I remember I used to get the scam emails all the time and somehow they would get the names of people who were my friends or they would or they'd be generic hi this is John hey, this is Mike, this is Michelle, you know, choosing a name that's so common everybody knows a John and a Michelle and a Malachi and a, and a Quince, you know, these, these names that everybody has. And I always thought that that was interesting in, in the, the study of a parasite sort of way. And then, very interestingly, I got an email and it said it was from Rish Outfield, Time, yeah. And I was just like, wait, what? You know, and it was like Rish Outfield at third world scammers jizz. But you know, of course it was like, here are those meds you were after. Here's that footage of Tara Reed giving a good performance you were curious about. Yeah, well. But but it does make you think when it is something unusual like that. You get an email from yourself. Now I've written a couple of stories, you know, where people get calls from themselves or run into themselves. But do not answer. Strikes me as interesting. Okay, so there was just that little bit. It, it was going to waste. I'd seen it a hundred times on my recorder and I didn't know what to do with it. But now I've used it. And it's part of an episode. So... I'm just barely getting to the mouth of the canyon, and there is cell phone service for about two miles in this little town that's bigger, of course, than the town I grew up in, but it's still so small and quaint that, you know, it has a post office and a general store and a whole bunch of buildings that are historical that are, you know, this was the grammar school, and this is, was the mercantile, and this was the feed store, etc. I'm about to drive through, and now is the time when the cell phone could ring if someone were calling. But the question that I posed earlier, it's the middle of the night, you're up in the cabin, you're up in the woods where there's no cell service, and the phone starts to ring. Do you answer it? Well, I would say most people would. A lot of people wouldn't even think, they just answer. I used to be one of those people when I very first got a cell phone. And I got a cell phone, one of those where you had to pay every time that you used it. And it would ring and I would say hello and people would hang up or they would say in a foreign accent, you know, wrong number. And I'd realize I had to pay for that. So I stopped answering it Eventually I got one of those phones where you could see who was calling. You could screen your calls. But there may still be people where the phone rings in the middle of the night and they just answer it. That's probably, good. That's, that's probably an older generation kind of thing because why would somebody be calling unless it were important at this hour? And I wonder if you looked at the numbers, how many calls in the middle of the night are wrong numbers. Probably most, right? So you answer the phone, who is it? What is it? And of course my mind goes to ghost. Only a ghost would have my number. (laughs) Only a ghost would be calling me at a time like this. I hope the afterlife stinks. Seems like, you know, you could have a voice say something to you and that might be pretty chilling. Maybe it's a benevolent call. Maybe it's a call that's so important that even though you don't have a cell phone, even though you don't have cell phone service, they had to get through to you. You know, don't get on that flight. Your husband is not who he says he is. Your wife is in danger. Your daughter's a dirty whore. I really feel like a story could be told of the phone ringing in the middle of the night. Now, I remember, that was the premise of a broken mirror story, the contest that we did on the Steve. The phone rings in the middle of the night, the voice on the other end only says one word, and it is enough. We got some really good stories out of that. And I, I, I'm confident that you could get some really good stories out of this impossible phone call I am out of space I've still got 2 minutes so I will fill them up but I wonder you know I was saying that the phone the 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 telephone number is your own so what if it is you calling what would be important enough that you'd have to call yourself in some kind of impossible scenario and yeah Your life is in danger. Your husband isn't who he says he is. You need to check the brakes on that car. The fire will start in the attic. These are are all ideas for, that could make a good story. The voice says, you're the only one left. That's kind of creepy, right? The voice says, your wife is not at home right now. And then it hangs up. The voice says, they're coming. The voice says, butthole. And then hangs up. Okay, some of these ideas are better than others. But I still really like possibilities. I once heard somebody say that a blank screen is the most exhilarating, and at the same time, terrifying thing in the world. Words to live by. I've been Rish Outfield. Thank you for listening. All right, at the risk of being accused of putting out another short episode, I figured I would include this. Now you have probably heard it already in a different form. But this exact version, God, I made myself late looking up the name of this artist. Okay, so we will seamlessly insert the name of the artist here. Nap at the Aquarium. Is a musician, and he contacted me and asked me if I would do Edgar Allan Poe's famous poem, The Raven. He would turn it into a song, and here is the song. Unfortunately, the raven is super, super long. I think it took me 25 minutes or something like that to read the... Well, maybe it wasn't that long. Let's pretend I'm a professional. It took me like 12 minutes to record the song. The song. The poem. And then I gave it to him, and he sent me like this little snippet that was like a three-minute clip, and I was just like, wow, three minutes, that's, put and it was only like the first three <laughs> stanzas or verses, whatever you would call that of a poem, and I believe this is the full poem, but I don't know. I don't know. So, enjoy? I, he's done some really unusual things to my voice. Well, it, just play the a midnight dreary, while I pondered weak and weary over many a quaint and curious volume
1: Some visitor, I muttered, tapping at my chamber door, only this, and nothing more. Ah,
0: distinctly I remember, it was in
1: the bleak December, and each separate dying embout
0: Eagerly I wished the morrow. Vainly I had sought to borrow from my book surcease of sorrow. Sorrow for the lost Lenore, Lenore. For the rare and radiant maiden. The angel's
1: name, Lenore, Lenore.
0: Nameless here. Forevermore. And the silken, sad, uncertain rustling of each purple curtain thrilled me, filled me with fantastic terrors never felt before. So that now, to still the beating of my heart, I stood repeating, I stood repeating, I stood repeating.
1: Tis some visitor entreating, Entrance at my chamber door, Some late visitor entreating, Entrance at my chamber door, This it is, and nothing more. stronger. Hesitating, then? No longer. Sir, said I, or madam, truly your forgiveness I implore. But the fact is I was napping, and so gently you came rapping, and so faintly you came tapping, Tapping at my chamber door that I scarce was sure I heard you. Here
0: I opened wide the door. darkness peering. Long I stood there, wondering, fearing, doubting, dreaming dreams. No mortal ever dared to dream before, but the silence was unbroken, and the stillness gave no token, and the only word there spoken was the whispered word, Lenore, 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 This I whispered, and an echo murmured back the word,
2: Lenore, 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 Lenore.
0: Nearly this, and nothing more. Back into the chamber turning, all my soul within me burning, Soon again I heard a tapping,
1: somewhat louder than before. Truly, said I, truly that is something at my window lattice. Let me see then what thereat is, and this mystery explore. Let my heart be still a moment and this mystery explore. Tis the wind, and nothing more. Open here I flung the shutter,
0: when with many a flirt and flutter in their stepped a stately raven, raven of the saintly days of yore. Not the least obeisance made he. Not a minute stopped or stayed he. But with mien of lord or lady. Perched above my chamber door. Perched upon a bust of palace. Just above my chamber door. Perched and sat and nothing more. Then this ebony bird beguiling, my sad fancy into smiling, by the grave and stern decorum of the countenance it wore.
1: Though thy crest be shorn and shaven, thou, I said, art sure no craven, ghastly grim and ancient raven, wandering from the nightly shore. Tell me what thy lordly name is on the night's plutonian shore.
0: Quote the raven. Much I marveled, this ungainly, Foul to hear discourse so plainly, Though its answer little meaning, Little relevancy bore. For we cannot help agreeing That no living human being Ever yet was blessed with seeing Bird above his chamber door, Bird or beast upon the sculptured bust above his chamber door with such a name as nevermore,
2: nevermore, Nevermore,
0: Nevermore. But the raven, sitting lonely, 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 on the placid bust, spoke only that one word as if his soul in that one word he did outpour nothing farther than he uttered not a feather than he fluttered
1: till I scarcely more than muttered other friends have flown before on the morrow he will leave me as my hopes have flown before
0: Then the bird said,
2: Nevermore, nevermore, nevermore.
0: Startled at the stillness broken, By reply so aptly spoken,
1: Doubtless, said I, What it utters is its only stock and store, Caught from some unhappy master, Unmerciful disaster.
2: Followed fast
1: and followed faster. Till his songs one burden bore. Till the dirges of his hope. That melancholy burden bore. Of never, nevermore.
0: Of the raven still beguiling All my fancy into smiling Straight I wheeled a cushioned seat In front of bird and bust and door Then upon the velvet sinking I betook myself to linking Fancy unto fancy thinking what this ominous bird of yore, what this grim, ungainly, ghastly, gaunt and ominous bird of yore, meant in croaking, nevermore, nevermore, nevermore. Never more. This I sat engaged in guessing, but no syllable expressing, the fowl whose fiery eyes now burned into my bosom's core this and more I sat divining with my head at ease reclining on the cushion's velvet lining that the lamplight gloated o'er but whose velvet violet lining with the lamplight gloating o'er. She shall press. Ah, nevermore. Then, methought, an air grew denser, perfumed from an unseen censer, swung by seraphim whose footfalls tinkled on the
1: tufted floor wretch i cried thy god hath lent thee by these angels he hath sent thee respite respite and nepenthe from thy memories of lenore 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 quaff o oh, quaff this kind nepenthe and forget this lost lenore, lenore. quoth the raven Nevermore, nevermore, nevermore. Prophet, 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 said I, Thing of evil. Prophet still, if bird or devil. Whether tempter sent or Whether tempest tossed thee here ashore, Desolate yet all undaunted on this Desert land enchanted, On this home by horror haunted. Tell me truly, I implore. Is there... Is there balm in Gilead? Tell me. Tell me, I implore. Quoth the raven. Nevermore. 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 Prophet. 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 Said I thing of evil profit still if bird or devil by that heaven that bends above us by that God we both adore tell this soul with sorrow laden if within the distant Aden it shall clasp a sainted maiden whom the angels name Lenore Lenore, Lenore, as for rare and radiant maiden, in the angel's name, Lenore, 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 Lenore. Quote the raven. Nevermore, nevermore, nevermore. Be that word our sign of parting. Bird or fiend, I shrieked up, starting. Get thee back into the tempest And the night's Plutonian shore Leave no black plume as a token Of that lie thy soul hath spoken Leave my loneliness unbroken Quit the bust above my door Take thy beak from out my heart take thy form from off my door. Quote the raven. Nevermore,
2: nevermore, nevermore.
0: The raven, never flitting, still is sitting, still it's sitting on the pallid bust of Pallas, Just above my chamber door, his eyes have all the seeming of a demon's that is dreaming. And the lamplight o'er him streaming throws his shadow on the floor. And my soul from out that shadow
1: that lies floating on the floor shall be lifted. Never more,
2: never more, never more. Never more, never more, never more.
0: So there you go. Once again, nap at the aquarium, featuring Rish Outfield. Uh, yeah, it's kind of cool that I got to be a featuring Rish Outfield. The uh, first time, you, I mean, I know that that's a big thing on rap, where somebody comes in to do a guest verse, or you actually get a singer to do something. I remember, Eminem had a song where they he sampled a Dido chorus and. You know, it's... Uh, yeah, sometimes it's just like a DJ takes a song that already exists and they mix it, and then it's, it belongs to the DJ featuring the artists that originally recorded the song. But I, I, if it sounds like I'm complaining, I'm not. I mean, I guess if I am complaining about the music industry. But I found this really unusual, really interesting. I don't know what the reasoning was for what he did with my voice in this. But coming up with a beat and a decision of how to present it is really interesting to me. You know, the creative process is interesting to me. And I've always lamented that I'm not more musically inclined, musically talented. I had piano lessons as a boy, and I just, I hated them. I never got good, and I was in the band briefly, and I was terrible. Uh, Maybe I'll tell you the story behind that sometime, but uh, not today. Yeah, just the the fact that The Raven is that long sort of hinders its song potential. But I think you could strip the poem down to a five-minute version. And I'm sure it's been done a bunch of times. It's probably the Simpsons episode, the very first Treehouse of Horrors, was probably something like that, where they just took the greatest hits of The Raven and put it into the, the episode. Um, and, and yeah, I'm sure it's been done. I remember Alan Parsons Project did a whole Poe album. Um, I may be remembering that wrong. Marshall Latham is like the real Poe expert. And uh, he does, or used to do, a Edgar Allan Poe tribute every single year. And I think in 2018 he did it again, which is cool. And I'm, I'm fond of Poe, but I'm hardly an expert. Anyhow, oh, this was to make the episode longer. So I consider that a success. And uh, hey, listen, if you're a musician, if you have musical talent and you want to collaborate in some way, I would love to do that. I I was happy to help... Nap at the aquarium. (laughs) That didn't even sound like me. With his song, and yeah, believe me, there's the... Oh, Halloween 2017, I thought it would be cool if there was a mariachi version of... Michael Jackson's Thriller and so I actually sat down in, sometime in November and I started translating Thriller into Spanish you know so you know it's close to midnight became es media medianoche Y algo feo Busca tus nalgas uh, You know something like that uh, and I got about a third of the way through the song And my limitation of the language just hit me uh, like somebody that hits, I I don't know, like a boxer or a a drunken husband or me around my uncle's kids. I just, it, it was just too hard. I never did it, but I regret not doing it. I would have impressed myself, if not you guys, What I was just going to do is, you know, record it in Spanish. I think what I was going to do is I was going to turn on the real thriller in my headphones and then uh, record it in Spanish like three times in a row and then play it all back without the, the backing track and throw in some kind of things and then play it and be like, well, look, I actually found... A, a, uh, well, there's not a mariachi version exactly of Thriller, but I found a cover of Thriller that we can use, and I, I never did anything with it. So oh gosh, I'm out of control, aren't I? This was me saying if you want to do some musical stuff, I, I wish I were more musical, I think, together. We could end this destructive conflict and bring order to the galaxy if you only knew the power of the dark side. Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. So let me know. Talk to you later. Oh, and thanks dude for letting me be part of your song. Nap at the, at the aquarium. aquarium. And I was worried this episode was going to be too short. Hey, before we go, I'm going to plug something. I set a goal for myself in the month of November to put out another short story collection. And uh, if you're hearing this, then that means I succeeded. If you're not hearing this, then please seek out my murderer and avenge me, avenge me, I say, adieu, adieu, remember me. Sorry. Uh, I can't remember what I was talking about. Damn you, Hamlet. Ah. To be or not to be. That is the question. Whether tis nobler in the mind's eye to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. I was talking about a story collection that is out there that you can buy. (laughs) I spent almost the entire morning today working on this thing, and it sucks how long it took. Just like compiling the dang thing, trying to put it in an order, and then every time I would paste in a story, and this isn't even the audio version I'm talking about, this is the text version, I would have to change the font and change the text size. I don't know why, but it has like some kind of default that it would revert to, and then I'm just realizing now, after all that work is done, that it's for a knot. That this is an audio collection that I am pimping, not a text collection. So why did I even care how many pages it was or what font it was in or what size or whether it was formatted correctly? Ugh! But that's neither here nor there. Or if you're snooty, it's neither here nor there. And this collection is the third volume. The first two volumes came out in 2016. And I wish that I had put one out in 2017 and one in 2018 so that it could be like, you know, every year I put one out. But this one is 2018, barely in under the wire. And it is called Creepy Doll and Other Stories by Rich Outfield perfect symbol of American decadence, this rich outfield. It came about, and I'll talk about it more in detail in a future episode that I recorded months ago, it came about because Gino Moretto does cover art for me, often. Too much, I think some would say. And he does the covers for these audio collections, and in the first one he did a scary tree. I think I asked him to do a scary tree. No. In the first one, he did a gargoyle, completely just on his own. He's like, hey, what do you think of this, Rish? He has a New York accent. I don't know why. He's from this part of Wellington where they speak like this, and they say yous instead of you. Apparently, this neighborhood of Wellington was entirely settled by New York City cab drivers from the movies. So uh, he did one for me. It had a gargoyle on the cover, and that was volume one. And then I asked him to do like a scary tree for volume two. And I can't remember where volume three came from exactly. If he just did it on his own or I told him, hey, I've got enough audio to do another volume if you want to draw something for me. And one day in my inbox, there was this image of a a doll. And it said, creepy Doll." and other stories by Rish Outfield. And I thought that the art was to stop sign. Yeah, you almost got me uh... wow, she ran a stop sign so close to hitting me and I was recording. I don't wish that she hit me. Don't get me wrong. But I almost wish I had had that recorded so I could be like, wow, somebody just drove right into me. It would make... Not podcasting history, but it would make me crap my pants, probably. So he sent me this image, and it was it was fine. It's good enough for government work, let's say. But I hadn't a story called Creepy Doll. There's a Jonathan Colton song called that, and that's it. I don't know. What's, what's going on? What's going on here, Gino? I think I just, in the back of my mind, thought, well... I'll just have to find a story that sort of fits this image that he's created and then have him, you know, change the title to, you know, Space Shit and Other Stories by Rish Outfield. But in the last summer, I decided just on a lark to write a story called Creepy Doll so that I could salvage the full cover art and I wouldn't have to make him do any more. And so I did. I actually prepared for this podcasting drive. So I've got a printout of the stories, the list, you know. And it goes like this Creepy Doll, Grandpa's Prize, Spoil Sport, Old Man River, Head of the Class, Haunted, Ladies Room, Chalupa Dale, Next Exit, Mommy Issues, Library Week, Have It Your Way, Surprise Inspection, Brush With Greatness, Romantic Interlude, The Visitor, The Door With Burning Eyes, Creature Feature, The Ugly Table, Epiphany, Sleepless Afternoon, and Varkalak. So a a lot of those titles you probably remember, they're, they're familiar to you if you're a I almost said if you're a big fan of my work. I I don't know that there's such a thing as a big fan of my work. But if you're a listener of the Rish Outcast, you've heard a couple of those stories, maybe a few of those stories. The whole purpose behind these collections is to collect stories that I have in audio, because usually I'm a short story writer, as you know, not a novelist. But if you put together enough short stories, it becomes the length of a novel and you can live, well, dare to dream. You know, I had this idea years ago, and I did it, and then I did it again, and now years have passed, and I I had amassed enough audio for a third and a fourth volume of fiction. And so yesterday and today, I've been compiling that audio. And the way that I do it is that I do it in text form first, then when I've got the text file the way that I want it, then I start to organize a folder for the audio. And I don't know why I'm telling you this, because how else would you do it? But what was really interesting today, and what took up so much time, was trying to decide which stories should go into it, and which stories don't belong and which stories I'll save for later. And I think there were one or two where I was just like, not, I don't know. I don't know if I want to release that kids. And um, I had the whole thing ready to go. So not the, the text version that is. Uh, and it was 16 items long with an introduction. So 15 stories and an introduction. And as I saved it, out of curiosity's sake, I thought, well, let me look at the other two volumes and see how long those were. And one of them, I think, is like that. It's 16 stories and an introduction, or 15 stories and an introduction. The other one was like 19 stories and an introduction. But both of them, the text versions, were 68,000 words long. 68 something thousand words long. And I remember Doing the second volume, using the first as a template, and just adding more stories to it until it was the same length as the first volume. That makes sense, right? I don't know what went into picking which stories would be in the first volume, but I I thought about that way more than I, I should have you know, of, okay, tonally, how does this story fit? Okay, then we'll have a funnier story, then we'll have a short story, then we got something long. Oh, this one ends unhappily, so let's put one that's sort of a light story after that. And then, like I said, I I, I just copied that for the second volume until it was 68,000 words long. And when I looked today at my file, it was 50,000, maybe fifty-one thousand words long. And I thought, well, okay, let me add another story to it. We'll pad it out a little bit, because I had a folder that I've been compiling over the last two years, where I just, anytime I do a story on the Rish Outcast, or sometimes, just for fun, I will record a very short story while I'm recording something else, so that I have something that I can edit in 10 minutes or 15 minutes and it'll be all done for when I don't have a lot of time. This makes sense, right? And I put it in that folder and it had been building up. So that folder became the fourth volume folder and I created a new third volume folder where I just took all the ones that I wanted to be in this collection and I just kept adding to it this morning. Because I added another story, and now it was 53,000 words. And I was like, oh, okay, well, here's another story. I added another story, and now it was 56,000. Oh, 57! Wow, I'm just over. Here's a uh, like a, a flash fiction-length story or whatever. I'll add that to it. Uh, now it's 56,000. Hey, how is that possible? And so I did that. I think I ended up adding five pieces that I had in audio to this so that I could get it to 68,000 words. And I'm not sure it's exactly 68. It might be 67 or 69. But it's very close to the same length as the other stories. And, you know, word count is not going to be exact, because I'm not a computer. As far as I know, neither are you. Depending on the kind of story it is and... The mood I'm trying to create, and maybe just me, what time of night I record it, the pace will be different. But that's okay. I'm pretty content, I'm pretty happy with the length that this is at. It's 21 stories and an introduction. So there's a lot more content in this one, but it's shorter content. Varkolak is really the only novella in this collection. Whereas in the past, I've had stuff that was considerably longer. The, the Calling is long. Stormy Weather is long. I'm not going to sit here trying to come up with long stories that were in other collections. It's been long enough that I didn't remember what was in Volume 1 and Volume 2. And I I had a couple ideas in the back of my mind of, oh, I'll bet I've never put so-and-so in a collection. And I had. But um, as with... These other collections, there are things that are exclusive to this collection that you can only get here. It's mostly short stuff. Drabbles. There is a story that I ran with a full cast recording, but I had sat down and done the whole story from beginning to end by myself before I ever got other people's voices to help with it. And that's in here. There's another one that's like that that I have a solo reading of that we ran on the Doonstief. And I considered putting that in here. But it's a, a Christmas-related story. And in the, my mind, I thought, well, maybe I should do a whole collection of just Christmas stories. In which case, I, yeah, I've sort of been setting aside everything that's Christmassy. But probably that was dumb. Because... Big would tell me, look, you can sell it twice if you have it in volume three of your collection then you also have a Christmas collection that includes it. And yeah, he, he's got a point there. I may overthink these things. And I wonder about collections from real writers. Who organizes the order that the stories will be in and which stories are included and which ones aren't? Is that the author himself, or is there an editor that does that? And if there is an editor that does that, why is that editor not credited on those books? Usually the editor is credited when it's an anthology. I don't know. There's a lot of I don't knows, aren't there? What I do know is that this was a long time in coming. I should have put it out last year, although it would have a lot fewer of these particular stories in it. There's one story that was written in 2018, but there are several, at least five, that were recorded in 2018, and so I wouldn't have had them then. Chalupa Dale, Next Exit, is on there. That's one of my favorites. I considered not putting it in there, because it has singing, but who cares? I don't know. There are a couple of these stories that are pretty dang good. And uh, Sleepless Afternoon is a prose version of an audio production that I did, an audio drama, if you will, years ago. It's got Varkalok in it, you've heard that. It's got Ugly Table. The less said about Ugly Table, the better. It's got Old Man River in it, I like that story a lot. Anyway, I don't know why I'm still talking. Go on and buy that if you feel like it. And if you don't feel like it, um, I will continue to bring you stories written by me, performed by me, that eventually will show up in the fourth volume, which is at this moment titled Like a Good Neighbor and Other Stories. So, have fun. Thanks. This is fake Sean Connery. Rish is over It is his rarely functioning computer, toiling on the next episode. I'd almost feel sorry for him if I weren't a figment of his fevered imagination. I can hear you. The show you have just listened to is produced under a Creative Commons 3.0 license, in which you are free to download and share the files as you like, but you cannot change them, take credit for them, or attempt to sell them. Look, the lad tries so hard. And for what? To be insulted by a bald, geriatric ex-celebrity? Fair enough. So, listen. If you appreciate any of what that silly sod does, I advise you to head on over to Patreon and support him. You can give him a dollar an episode, can't you? Can't you spare one bloody dollar, you selfish pig-headed ingrate? The boy works his wee fingers to the bo- Fiction! (sighs) I'm just saying, if any of what he does has ever made you laugh or... Feel better about yourself. Please support the lad. Oh, is that better? Yeah, I guess. Future Rish here. This is amusing. well, not amusing. What's the opposite of amusing? But uh, after I recorded this, <laughs> uh, I had a computer problem. It was a crash, I guess. My computer died. I was able to take it in and have it looked at. And they said, hey, dude, you need a new computer. What What is this run-on uh, flintlock? Okay, they didn't say any of that. Except for that I needed a new computer. They were able to recover uh, a lot of the data. Basically, every all of the data up to a certain point. A time when everything was wiped out after that time. And so... That reading of uh, Have It Your Way was gone. One of the edited Tales of eBay Horror is gone. Um, which is sad because the files were so big I had to start deleting them every time I recorded a new one. And so when I recorded the seventh one, I, re- I, I deleted the fifth and sixth ones. And that means I'll have to do those over. Yeah, that, that, that's the point. The delay for this thing was only a couple of days. I re-recorded the introduction. I re-recorded Have It Your Way. I re-recorded the copyright uh, opening and closing titles. And uh, like three days after that, I was able to send all the files to Audible. And so they're out there now. Uh, In fact, I probably didn't even need to tell you this. How about the computer problem. I don't know why I felt like I needed to so bad. Mysteries we will never get to the bottom of. The Ensalmo case remains unsolved to this date.